0: THK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Sharofsky The headlines. The chief executive says the government will again roll out the employment support scheme to help employers pay their staff. The minister in charge of Hong Kong's COVID vaccination drive says they've met their target of giving the first dose of a COVID vaccine to all eligible care home residents. And a government expert warns that Hong Kong should only ease social distancing measures once the SAR's vaccination rate is very high. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says the government will roll out the employment support scheme again to help employers pay their staff. Speaking at her daily COVID briefing, Mrs. Lam said a monthly subsidy of $8,000 will be handed out for each eligible worker for three months from May and the scheme will benefit up to 1.3 million workers. But she says companies like supermarket chains, pharmacies, delivery companies, and banks will not be eligible to apply. So uh, we
1: will not draw a distinction between the um, resident status, ethnicity, or background of the individuals. Uh, As I've mentioned, uh, the uh, distinction will be drawn on the basis of the industry, So for certain business sectors which are not adversely affected by the COVID-19 epidemic, uh, they will not be eligible. Uh, In fact, uh, this is a very strong message given to us when we conducted the 2020 uh, um, uh, support scheme.
0: Mrs. Lam also said people who've lost their jobs amid the current COVID outbreak can apply for the one-off $10,000 handout from Wednesday. She said the scheme has been expanded to cover workers who are taking unpaid leave due to COVID restrictions on their companies, like restaurants, gyms and beauty parlors. Mrs. Lam said the authorities will give more details of the scheme at a briefing in the afternoon. Unionist lawmaker Lam Chun-Sing says he's concerned the local unemployment rate could soon rise to the highest level since the pandemic began. The government said yesterday the latest rate was 4.5%, as 2.7 percentage points off the pandemic's peak in February last year. Mr. Lam, who heads the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labor Union, said on RTHK he fears the rise will continue if COVID isn't brought under control in the coming months. Fellow unionist and lawmaker Bill Tang described the current situation as the starting wave out of an unemployment tsunami. The minister in charge of Hong Kong's COVID vaccination drive says the authorities have met their target of giving the first dose of the COVID vaccine to all eligible care home residents in Hong Kong. Civil Service Chief Patrick Nip said they'd set a target for their vaccine outreach teams to visit all 1,100 residential care homes and give the first dose of the vaccine to all eligible residents by today. Speaking to RTHK's COVID update program, he said that target has been met but there was still more work to be done.
1: 42,000 residents in our residential care homes have received the jabs, and so that accounts for about 55%. But that's the completion of the first stage only. Our next stage is to use the next four weeks. The outreach vaccination teams will visit all the homes again to do the second dose, and also for those who got infected, so at present they could not uh, receive the vaccines. But then four weeks after their recovery, they can receive a dose.
0: Government expert advisor Yoon Kwok-yung says Hong Kong should only ease social distancing measures when the vaccination rate in the city is very high. The chief executive had hinted at changes to COVID rules, saying residents and businesses are losing patience with the situation. Speaking on an RTHK show, Professor Yoon said this epidemic may have peaked but Hong Kong may still have to wait a month or so before cases drop to several hundred per day. He says people have to stay vigilant and get vaccinated to prevent a rebound. We have to wait until the vaccination rate is very high before we ease social distancing measures, so it will be safe. A virus will die if it stays at a high temperature for a long time, and it will no longer infect or harm people. So if we relax social distancing measures, the best time to do it is when it's hot. We're actually very close now, as our daily temperatures have already risen to 28 degrees. If many of us are vaccinated, and as infections drop, we can ease social distancing measures very soon. Health officials found 367 COVID cases from the overnight lockdowns of five blocks in Tunmun, Sha Tin, Aberdeen and Sham Shui Po. More than 130 are from Tip Choi House on the Butterfly Estate, while 120 are from Cheung Sam House at the Lung Heng Estate. The number of locally transmitted COVID-19 cases on the mainland has rebounded to 2,388 after falling for two days. That's almost a 50% jump from the 1,226 reported the day before. The commission said Jilin province remains the hardest hit with around three quarters of the new infections. But new local infections in Shenzhen dropped slightly to 69 from 71 The Deputy Secretary-General of the Shenzhen Municipal Government, Huang Cheng, said the city had completed two rounds of universal testing. He said businesses in the region had achieved dynamic zero COVID and could resume normal operations. A study has found remote learning can take a toll on children's ability to learn, their physical health and even social skills. The Hong Kong Primary Education Research Association questioned more than 260 primary school teachers and 440 parents in November and held three focus groups this year. One of the association's executive committee members, Steve Wong, said despite the toll of online learning, it was important to note it was a global trend and wouldn't disappear with the pandemic.
1: Normal schooling with classroom teaching, I hope that they can be resumed, all right? But as I said, it is a normal trend of learning. We have to change our ideology that learning is not fun fact, right? So uh, this online learning, learning on the intellect, will have an uh, effect on the autonomous learning on the part of the students. That should be emphasized.
0: Overseas, the World Health Organization says it's verified 43 attacks on healthcare facilities in Ukraine and healthcare workers are among the dead and injured. The WHO Director General told the Security Council such attacks were a violation of international humanitarian law. The Undersecretary General for Political and Peacebuilding Affairs, Rosemary DiCarlo, says there have been 1,900 confirmed civilian casualties so far.
1: The total consists of 726 people killed, including 52 children. The actual number is likely much higher. There will be no winners to this senseless conflict. The tremendous loss it is causing, on the other hand, is heartbreakingly clear.
0: Turkey has disclosed an outline proposal by Russia aimed at bringing a halt to the war in Ukraine. The details were discussed in a phone call between President Putin and the Turkish President Erdogan. The BBC's least set says the proposals are similar to other recent peace talks. In all of these mediations, and there are very eager mediators, it has to be said... President Putin wants Ukraine to renounce any ambition to join NATO. That's something Ukraine is willing to discuss. The job of the diplomats is to come up with some forms of words, and they are making progress. But the job of the military commanders for President Putin is to make progress on the ground. And Russia is nowhere near getting what it wants most of all, a corridor along the southern coast between the Crimea and eastern Ukraine. And Mariupol in the middle is cursed by geography. It stands in the way. But the American Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, played down the prospect of any diplomatic solution. I have not seen any meaningful efforts by Russia to bring this war that it's perpetrating to a conclusion through uh, diplomacy. We appreciate the efforts of other countries, including France, Germany, Israel, Turkey, and others, but diplomacy requires both sides engaging in good faith uh, to de escalate and I don't see signs right now that Putin is prepared to stop. Several world leaders at an emergency meeting of the United Nations Security Council have severely criticized Moscow for tabling a draft resolution calling for the protection of women and children and condemning indiscriminate shelling in Ukraine. As the BBC's Nafta Tofik explains...
1: The move was denounced during the council meeting by Western leaders, including the U.K. ambassador to the U.N., Dame Barbara Woodward, who called it cynical game playing by Russia, the aggressor in the face of human suffering. The U.S. Representative, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, said Russia would be held accountable for its atrocities, telling President Putin, stop the killings. Once again, Moscow's ambassador to the U.N., Vasilina Benzia, repeated numerous unsupported claims during the meeting, including that Ukraine was using its citizens as human shields. The ambassador also accused the United States of pressuring nations not to support its draft and announced Russia would no longer ask for a vote on it.
0: Reports from the United States suggest Russia has made the first interest payment on its foreign debt since sanctions were imposed. The American bank J.P. Morgan is reported to have received a payment from Russia's central bank. Correspondents say the payment means that, for now, Russia has managed to avoid defaulting on its foreign debt. The American Space Agency, NASA, has begun rolling out its new giant moon rocket to begin a series of tests ahead of a launch later in the year. The 110-metre-tall vehicle is part of the Artemis program that seeks to return to the lunar surface sometime in the middle of this decade. The BBC's Jonathan Amos has the story. They call it the Space Launch System, or SLS, and it's a colossus. More powerful than the Apollo-era rockets, this new vehicle is designed to be able to send so much equipment and cargo to the Moon that men and women will be able to stay there for extended periods. NASA dispatched a mammoth tractor to ferry the SLS from its assembly building to the launch pad at the Kennedy Space Center. The rocket will launch an uncrewed capsule to loop around the Moon in the coming months, and if that goes well, astronauts will then start flying on a succession of SLS vehicles. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 21,065. That's 432 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $93.6 billion. And in currencies a short time ago, the U.S. dollar will buy you 118.71 yen. The euro stands at one U.S. dollar and 10 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 29 cents. To sports where Ukraine's Andriy Yarmolenko has fired West Ham into the last eight of the Europa League by scoring an extra time. The Hammers were playing six-time winner Sevilla in the second leg at the London Stadium, needing to overturn a 1-0 deficit. Tomas Suchek leveled the tie in the first half. Yarmolenko got the winner on 112 minutes to send West Ham into their first European quarterfinal since 1981. Manager David Moyes gave his reaction to the winning goal. You
1: know... Sometimes, you know, as we've said before, football's got a strange way, you know, sometimes even as a manager, as a player, we've all been there where you're losing and you think there's no chance you're ever going to get a result and, and football at times changes changes that for you. So I hope in a little bit of way it maybe changes a little bit of, of what's in Yama's head, maybe what's happening in life. But uh, overall, if he's getting mentioned, then hopefully it's getting mentioned worldwide and, and everybody out there is realising the damage what Russia are doing to Ukraine.
0: Barcelona reached the quarterfinals by coming from behind to beat Galatasaray 2-1 in Turkey. That was the aggregate score as well. Gabon striker Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang got the winner. Atalanta beat Bayer Leverkusen 1-0 to complete a 4-2 aggregate success. Eintracht Frankfurt, Lyon Braga and Rangers have also progressed. In the Europa Conference League, Leicester advanced 3-2 on aggregate despite a 2-1 loss away to French side Rennes. Marseille and PSV also made the quarterfinals. Everton got a big win in their fight to avoid Premier League relegation. Alex Iwobi scored deep into added time for the only goal of the game against Newcastle.
1: 14 minutes of added time because of that stoppage, because of the protest earlier on. Iwobi through to Dominic calvert lewin Iwobi again, scored for Everton with 10 men. Would you believe it? absolute scenes here they barely had a shot on target everton but goodison's erupted
0: everton manager frank lampard was so excited he injured himself while celebrating i've broken my hand by the way no, I, it was
1: in the uh, <laughs> the celebrations to the goal I, I didn't i didn't realize at the time and then as the game carried on it was <laughs> a bit sore there and a bit shaky uh no it was an amazing night and it's important that we uh we put perspective on it because we need those nights and there's a long way to go so but we must enjoy them and we must realize what got us that win and it was spirit it was togetherness spoke a lot with the players this week and some players stood up tonight um shameless coleman the captain the way we defended defended our box tough game against a very very good team strong team in newcastle and it was all about spirit our quality it wasn't a night for quality it wasn't a night for calm let's get the ball down and play it wasn't yeah. that kind of night we needed one where we had to fight for it it means so much to this stadium you all felt that here tonight
0: and in tennis, Rafael Nadal has beaten Nick Kyrgios by two sets to one in a tumultuous quarterfinal clash at the Indian Wells Tournament to extend his perfect 2022 start to 19-0. and Nadal seeking a fourth title in the California desert next faces either 18-year-old compatriot Carlos Alcaraz or defending champion Cameron Norrie for a place in the final. And let's look at the weather forecast. Mainly fine with some coastal fog, hot later on, and winds will be light. The outlook, sunny periods in the next few days becoming humid and foggy early next week and becoming cool with showers midweek next week. Currently at the observatory, the temperature is 27 degrees Celsius with the relative humidity standing at 73%. And that's the news from RTHK.
1: I'm another day, night suicide In a street that has no dream The oh. oh. am oh. Good afternoon, and welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Sadia Usmani. And it's Friday. It's great, isn't it? I can't believe how the week has just whizzed by. Let me just tell you what's on the show between one.